Psalm chapters 26 and 27. Psalm chapter 26 verse 1. By David, judge me, O Jehovah, for I in mine integrity have walked, and in Jehovah I have trusted, I slide not. He wasn't a backslider. Now there is one time that King David backslid, but this prayer he would have said either before that happened or after he repented. But it says, search me and see if there's any sin in me, because right now I'm obeying your commands. Two, try me, O Jehovah, and prove me, purified are my reins and my heart. The reins is the mind, so my mind and my heart are purified. Please test me. We do need to be tested. It's essential because the testing proves that we love him. When we get tested and we fall, then we know we're not really loving him and we need to change our ways and our perspective. Three, for thy kindness is before mine eyes and I have walked habitually in thy truth. King David made it his daily practice to obey the commands of the Lord. For I have not sat with vain men, and with dissemblers I enter not. We do need to make sure that we're not sitting with people who mock other Christians or who mock the word of God. Mockers are sinners. That's why they mock, because they don't want to take their own sins seriously. So they turn everything into a joke. And they'll often end up making fun of people who are genuinely following the Lord. They're afraid of the righteousness that they see in those people. They're terrified of it, and so they make fun of those people. 5. I have hated the assembly of evildoers, and with the wicked I sit not. We don't want to hang out with evil people. There's a lot of apostate Christians who claim that they're Christians, but they love to sin, and they love to lead others into sin, and we don't even want to have a meal with them. Once you eat with people, you fall under their influence, because meals mean friendship. That's why the New Testament said, don't even eat with people like that. Jesus ate with sinners who wanted salvation, but he didn't eat with apostates who made a mockery of God's law. 6. I wash in innocency my hands, and I encompass thine altar, O Jehovah. His hands are clean. He hasn't murdered anybody. He hasn't plotted against anybody. He doesn't have unforgiveness in his heart. And now he can approach God's altar with boldness. You, can, you and I can approach God's altar or his throne with boldness when we know that our own sins are forgiven and that we're not harboring unforgiveness. Innocency also has to do with helping the weak. If you see somebody is cold and hungry and naked, or they're afraid, or they don't know how to get saved, and you could have told them and you refused to tell them and you refused to help, that will cause your hands to be dirty. So we need to be innocent at all times. When the Lord brings people into our path, we really need to help them, either by telling them the gospel and or taking care of their physical needs. 7. To sound with a voice of confession, and to recount all thy wonders. These are two great purposes of prayer, to confess our sins and to recount all the wonders of the Lord. Lord, you made the Grand Canyon. You made earth. You made me. You gave me the opportunity to live forever. You sent your only begotten Son to die on the cross for the whole world. We could go on for years recounting the wonders of God, and then also to confess what's in our heart. Lord, I haven't forgiven my neighbor. 
and Jesus Christ. By your grace, I forgive them now. 8. Jehovah, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place of the tabernacle of thine honor. I love heaven, and I really want to go there. I can't wait to be in heaven. And Lord, keep me and help me get there. 9. Do not gather with sinners my soul and with men of blood my life. Lord, keep evil people out of my sphere. I don't want to be influenced by them. I know Satan is going to cause evil people to come into my life to influence me, and I'm asking you, Lord, don't let those people influence me. Let me have the knowledge and understanding that they are messengers from Satan, and let me preach the gospel to them and cause them to get saved. 10. In whose hand is a wicked device, and their right hand is full of bribes. People will sometimes do favors for each other that keeps each other in sin. It may not be an official bribe, but one person will keep another person's secrets. Those are the kind of people who we tell them they need to repent, and we tell them the gospel. 11. And I, in mine integrity, I walk. Redeem me and favor me. He's asking for the Lord's favor. You can ask for the Lord's favor too. Obey his commandments and ask him for his favor and see what happens in your life. Now, I'm not promising you riches and popularity. What I'm promising you is spiritual boldness so that you can go out and be an evangelist and teach other people about the Lord. 12. My foot hath stood in uprightness. In assemblies I bless Jehovah. Some people like to sing and praise the Lord in church, but that isn't what this is talking about. It's not talking about trying to prove to all your friends that you're a holy person. This is talking about really extolling the name of the Lord in front of people with boldness and not being ashamed of the Lord. When you're at the grocery store, you can talk about Jesus to the lady who's checking out your groceries. You don't have to be afraid of offending people. You can talk about Jesus to anyone. Don't worry what other people will think of you or if you'll get persecuted or falsely accused. Just speak in boldness and give people a chance to respond to the Lord in honesty and repent of their sins. The more we tiptoe around, the less gospel that we're actually spreading. We need boldness like King David had. We need to stop tiptoeing around because lives will get saved when we're honest and bold and we speak the truth. And that concludes Psalm chapter 26. Psalm chapter 27 verse 1. By David, Jehovah is my light and my salvation. Whom do I fear? Jehovah is the strength of my life. Of whom am I afraid? We don't have to be afraid of anything or anyone when we're afraid of God. Yeah, bad things are going to happen. Tragedy will come our way, but we don't have to fear it if we fear the Lord, because it's the Lord who can put us in hell forever. All Satan can do is torment us in this present life, but he can't put us in hell and he can't keep us out of heaven. So it's the Lord that we need to fear. Everything that Satan tries to attack us with is only temporary, and that's why we don't have to fear that stuff. And Jesus will help us get through it. 2. When evildoers come near to me to eat my flesh, my adversaries, and mine enemies to me, they have stumbled and fallen. When the enemy comes, he stumbles and he falls. If our trust is in Jesus Christ, those demons will fall, and we can command them out in the name of Jesus. 3. Though a host 
doth encamp against me, my heart doth not fear, though war riseth up against me, in this I am confident. Today there is a host encamped against us. The economy is sinking, there's droughts everywhere, there's hurricanes and tornadoes everywhere, there's food shortages. We sure do have an enemy encamped against us, and that enemy has declared war. But you and I can be confident in Jesus, and we don't have to worry about that stuff as long as we're focused on what really matters, which is whether or not we're obeying the Lord. 4. One thing I asked of Jehovah, it I seek, my dwelling in the house of Jehovah, all the days of my life, to look on the pleasantness of Jehovah, and to inquire in his temple. Now this is a metaphor. You can read it literally that King David is longing to be in the Lord's temple, and he wanted to build the Lord's temple, but the Lord told him he wasn't allowed, that it had to be built during his son's time. So this could be him talking about the temple to come that he knew his son was going to build, but it also is a metaphor for the holy temple in heaven, the temple that God resides in right now that you and I will enter when we enter through one of those twelve pearly gates. And that is where King David wanted to dwell forever. Solomon's temple was made of wood inlaid and overlaid with gold, and it wasn't pure gold. But the heavenly temple is solid, pure gold. 5. For he hideth me in a tabernacle in the day of evil. He hideth me in a secret place of his tent. On a rock he raiseth me up. Now the tabernacle probably was on a hill or a rock. This is metaphor again. It's talking about something literal that David did experience. He experienced going to the tabernacle on the hill. But it's also talking in metaphor about the Lord's home, which is in heaven. And that's where David really wants to go. If we're following Jesus, we're citizens of heaven. So in that sense, we are hidden in his tabernacle. 6. And now, lifted up is my head above mine enemies, my surrounders, and I sacrifice in his tent sacrifices of shouting, I sing, yea, I sing praise to Jehovah. When David gave a sacrifice, he shouted and he sang and he praised and he danced too, as we know. He was so overjoyed when he gave a sacrifice for the Lord. There's a sacrifice for your sin so that you can be forgiven, and I'm sure that made David very happy to be forgiven of his sins. There's also a sacrifice of consecration that your life is completely for the Lord's, and I'm sure that gave King David much joy as well. And you and I can die to our self-will and lay that on the altar of the Lord, and that's our sacrifice. And we do what pleases the Lord instead of doing what pleases our own soul. And that will give us joy, because we know we have eternal rewards. 7. Hear, O Jehovah, my voice, I call, and favor me, and answer me. He wants the Lord to hear his prayer. 8. To thee said my heart, they sought my face, thy face, O Jehovah, I seek. There were men who were out to get King David. They sought his face, meaning they wanted to make war with him. But King David sought the face of the Lord. He wanted to have peace with the Lord. When all the demons are after you and they want to make war with you, turn your face to Christ and seek him, and then you'll have peace with Christ. Jesus will always expel the demons. They're on constant attack, but Jesus has all of the power. 9. Hide not thy face from me, turn not aside in anger. Thy servant, my help, thou hast been. Leave me not, nor forsake me, O God of my salvation.
And this is a prayer asking for forgiveness, saying, Lord, don't turn your back on me because of my sin. Please forgive me, forgive my sin, and continue to save me. 10. When my father and my mother have forsaken me, then doth Jehovah gather me. This is one of the most beautiful verses in the entire Bible. This is Psalm chapter 27, verse 10. I want you to remember this verse. It says, When your father and your mother have forsaken you, then the Lord gathers you unto himself. So many people today don't have a father or a mother or neither. And in some cases, you may know who your father or mother is, but they don't support you. They don't teach you the laws of the Lord. They don't protect you in any way whatsoever. And this is a real epidemic all across the planet. This is a really important verse for our generation and all the generations to come because fewer and fewer people can depend on their earthly parents. But we have our Father God who we can put all of our dependence on. And he is there for us. So when you're rejected by your own family, you're received by the Lord. And that is so beautiful. And that's why I like to say there really are no real orphans. From an earthly perspective, our planet is mostly orphans. But in a spiritual perspective, every single one of us has a father in heaven. He's better than all the parents in the world combined. So you're really not an orphan, even if you're completely alone. 11. Show me, O Jehovah, thy way, and lead me in a path of uprightness for the sake of my beholders. The beholders are Satan and the demons, and he's saying, Lead me into your righteousness. Cause me to obey all of your commands so that those demons can melt and rot and be ashamed of what they've tried to do. Let those demons see the bride of Christ purified and following her master without fail. You have to read the scripture from a spiritual perspective because if you read it only in a natural perspective, it doesn't make sense because it sounds like you want humans to die just because they're mean to you. And we don't want humans to die. But from a spiritual perspective, the enemy is always demons. So we do want demons to die, and we do want them to be ashamed and conquered. 12. Give me not to the will of my adversaries, for risen against me have false witnesses, and they breathe out violence to me. Now, sometimes people do tell lies about us, and they try to get us fired, or they try to get us in trouble one way or another. There are a lot of people that tell lies, but they have demons in them that cause them to do that. And ultimately, it is Satan who is the false accuser of the saints. Satan goes to heaven just like he did with Job and says, look, this person doesn't really love you, Lord. They're faking it. The Lord knows the truth. He knows if we really love him or not. Just like the Lord told Satan, Nope, Job loves me. I know he loves me, and I'm going to prove it to you. There are false witnesses against us all the time, but if we obey him, he knows us, and we know him. 13. I have not believed to look on the goodness of Jehovah in the land of the living. I would have lost heart. I would have lost faith, except that I did believe in you. And I believed that I would see your goodness in heaven, which is the land of the living. The literal wording is actually the opposite of what it's saying. In colloquialisms, sometimes you leave out a word in a phrase, but everybody knows that that word belongs there. Or you say something as a question or as a negative, but everybody knows what it really means. What it meant was he would have lost heart 
but he didn't because he followed the Lord, and the Lord is good. 14. Look unto Jehovah, be strong, and he doth strengthen thy heart. Yea, look unto Jehovah. Keep your eyes on the Lord, and he will make you strong spiritually. He'll enable you to keep resisting sin and keep obeying him and keep trusting in him as long as we keep looking at him, just like a dog looks at its master and believes in its master. Your dog depends on you completely. And that's the same perspective that we need to have about the Lord. He's all-powerful. Everything that's good comes from him. And he's the only one who can ever help us or save us. And that concludes Psalm chapter 27.